Welcome to the Lair of Secrets podcast, the podcast about gaming and being a geek by two 40-something geek dads. I'm David Moore. I think I stumbled into uh, an area of the Lair that dealt with memory because I seem to be having some issues with it this week. And I'm Ken Newquist, and I've been still staying up way too late playing games and, and watching Netflix. And given my sleep deprivation, I may be joining you in that same corner of the Lair <laughs> in the not-too-distant future. What have you been up to? I remember What I remember of, from the last week is... Uh, so the lathe that I got uh, for my birthday, uh, I have turned my first pen, which is which is here. Not that the podcast listeners can can see it, but uh, it's uh, Cookabolo, which is part of the starter pen turning kit that that I got with it, which is really easy to turn. I think it came out quite nice for my first attempt ever, but I can already uh, the feel of it. There's some things about it that I can feel that I want to make better on the next one. Like there's some some where the transitions are is not perfectly smooth but i think for my first attempt one it looks really nice but two it it writes well and everything so so that was good i think i have a new hobby which i seem to collect a lot you're good i was gonna say you were running so low i was running very low yeah picking up something new yep yep pulled out pulled out my drone and attempted to try and fly it again this week you know all those extra hobbies I, one thing I did learn while trying to, to turn the pen is that I needed to make some jigs in order to get ready to turn the pen because the pen blanks are like five eighths by five eighths by a certain amount long. And there's brass tubes that go in each the top section and the, and the bottom section. And the turning kit gives you one long blank, which you cut in half. That's all fine. I've got a saw. Um, but then you have to drill a hole down through the center um, and you try and make it as perfectly centered as possible um, so that you, you know, don't go out of side or it's it's easier to turn when they're symmetrical. I, I, I figured out how to make a, a simple jig of of some wood blocks that I could put the uh, with some notches cut into it, which would hold the pen blank. But then I found out my drill table will not go far, go down far enough so that I can actually drill because the the drill bit itself is very long so i had to come up with some sort of stack of wood blocks on my drill press vise that i could sit the drill press vise down on it because it was just about an inch lower than the the lowest my drill press table would actually go so yeah there's so there was i had to i had to do some jiggery pokery in order to get everything working <laughs> but uh but it, it turned out okay so it was all fun puttering around in the wood shop. I'm I've got another one chucked up on the lathe to turn uh in the next day or so. One of the things that I like is if you've got a bunch of kits, you could actually kind of batch them out and it would actually go pretty fast if you wanted to like give them to friends or sell them or whatever. Easy to go through. I'm also it is October here in the 2020 you know, the 40th month of 2020. Uh, <laughs> and next month, if we get to it, is um, also NaNoWriMo, which I don't, I think you and I talked about it, but I think we talked about it outside of this podcast. I think we did. And so I'm prepping for it. And by prepping, I'm prepping for it like I prepped for my essays in high school, which is that I'm just thinking about it and thinking about it and letting it build up pressure in my head until eventually that pressure will be too strong for me to hold. And I'll have to put it out on, 
onto paper somewhere. So I just need to find enough time to build up that pressure. So I'm, I'm using my walks to try and do that. Although that's competing a little bit with the reading. Cause I like to also, I'll, since I'm walking on a sidewalk, I can just pull out the phone and read as I walk. And, uh, and then of course, put the phone away when I attempt to cross the street, you know, that sort of thing, but usually a good idea, usually a good idea. I did, uh, actually this last weekend, um, participate in some, some star Wars gaming. There's a long running, like over 20 year running kind of a living campaign, uh, that usually is run at conventions called sparks. Uh, uses the oh, West. I know that one. Yeah, the West End D6 system. Um, Aaron is in. Aaron is in it. She was in it before I. I was. Uh, and is still in it. Um, I kind of left and have kind of come back. And it's. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Um, they because Gen Con didn't happen, uh, and a lot of other conventions aren't happening. They're having these virtual game days. Um, and uh, they actually did really well with organizing this one in a like less than a week amount of time, you know, they, they put out the call. They said, Hey, who's interested in judging? They got a bunch of judges. And then they said, okay, we've got a certain amount of judges who's interested in playing. And they put all the schedule together. And, uh, we had a, a group of six players and a group of five players. I played two games and out of the six games they ran on Saturday and Sunday. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I'm I'm glad to have gamed because my my normal game on Sunday again did not go off <laughs> for various oh, life reasons. So uh, so I did get to game and it was it's always uh, a good creative thing and it was good to see people I hadn't talked to in a while that I normally only get to see at cons and since Gen Con didn't get to happen I didn't get to see them and then the last thing uh, was actually just today at lunchtime. Since my girls are home for their fall break, we watched. I, I I surprised them by pulling up Disney Plus, and there's a new Phineas and Ferb movie, Candace Against the Universe, that just came out this year. Um, and they uh, grew up watching Phineas and Ferb. And as my my eldest said, she's like, I still like Phineas and Ferb. And I'm like, that's okay. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> um, and so we, we spent an hour and a half and, and had a, an extra long lunch and, and had, uh, had a Phineas and Ferb watching and uh, they enjoyed it. So it was fun. Uh, what's, what's been up with you? I, so I have to say that, that what you were just talking about is fantastic. My kids also grew up watching Phineas and Ferb. And so I had seen that it had showed up on Disney Plus, but they kind of forgot about it until you mentioned it again. So yep. I think sometime as we get into probably November because we're so busy right now, but sometime when we get into winter and, you know, you're looking for a Saturday or, or like we were just talking about, maybe getting together over lunch and watching it with the kids when everybody's home. That'd be cool. Oh, and it is it is a movie. Um, so, of course, they have multiple musical numbers and they, they, <laughs> of are, course. they are just as good as many of the other musical numbers um, in past Phineas and Ferbs. So I would expect nothing less from Phineas and Ferb. So, uh, so let's see, what do I got? Well, uh, it was going to be, it was a toss up between who was going to add this to the show notes first, (laughs) but, uh, Daniel Perez is back with, uh, zine of wondrous power number four, which is currently being kickstarted given our release schedule. It's probably already done, but I'm sure you can pick it up (laughs) after the fact. Um, and he's got an assortment. It seems like he's taking a, a good, nice old school bent 
on this one. Um, he's got, uh, I'm going to massacre the pronunciation of this, a Talmudic bestiary, a collection of creatures from Jewish lore. I believe it's Talmudic. Um, Talmudic. The Talmud. Thank you. Yep. It's one of the, it's, hey, it's just like we, we've talked about in the past of you read a word and it's a, it's certain pronunciation in your head and then exactly. you hear it and it's like, that's not what I was hearing in my head. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I never really bought into the whole phonics thing. So <laughs> my pronunciations are terrible. Anyway, eight-year-old me was much more interested in doing Starship Battles uh, drawing starship battles and learning about things like how to pronounce stuff. Yeah. Because when are you going to use that? Well, I mean, there's GIF and JIF. So, I mean, I, let, we won't yeah, even get into that. Even decide how to pronounce things. Why should I bother learning? Right. I'd say I'm better, but clearly I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's the Da Vinci Labs, a uh, workman modular mecha, a technical profile and utilitarian mechs, um, an essay about gaming while the world burns around you and why uh, Daniel's still doing it. Um, something I'm excited about, which is an appendix, an addendum to the uh, Ion Codex, which is a prestige class for the mastery of Ion Magic, which I think I could probably figure out a way to incorporate into my 5e campaign and uh, a couple of other things. So I'm excited about it. Um, I didn't think we'd see. I, did, I don't actually haven't been paying that much attention, I'm afraid to say, to how often he is releasing them. I thought I might have to wait until the next um, zine quest on kickstarter in february but clearly not so i'm definitely yeah. signing up for this i mean three was the last one uh which was the ion codex um and that was a couple months back so uh or it was earlier this year i don't know exactly when um but that was when zine quest was was when he put out that last one yep. um i think it's basically about every six months at this point right now i've i've thought about contacting him and and saying if he would allow some guest writers because I'd, I'd like to get back into game writing. Um, and he's a friend of ours. So um, yes. he's a, he's a cool guy. So, yeah. And you know, um, and I love zines and it makes me want to publish a zine. And then I realized <laughs> how very little time I have to, to do some of that stuff. I used to love doing layout and, and all that kind of good stuff when I was, uh, when I was in report, when I was a reporter. So alas, uh, maybe, Maybe when the kids go to college. I mean, there's, Moving on. there's nothing stopping you. I mean, really. I mean, I picked up pen turning. You could pick up doing oh, zines. Oh, no, yeah. It's, 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 really, it's really just a question of time and priorities and, right. uh, and some other things. Yeah, I, I'm sure I could do it. I mean, I have no doubt. It would be great to actually get back into it because I used to love doing layout. But uh, it's really just a question of priorities. So who knows? At some point, that itch will just build to the point where I just have to do it. But yep. I don't think it's going to be this year. <laughs> on a geeky note, uh, well, on a furtherly geeky note, um, R-Type 1 and 2, which is this side-scrolling shooter from, I don't know, I think like the eight, late 80s, early 90s. It was a, a kind of like a staple of the of the arcades. You can just spend a billion dollars and quarters on this. It's <laughs> like a side-scrolling, you've got a little ship and you're trying to blow everything up. Yep, I've, I'm trying to remember when R-Type first came out. I know it was out when I was in college but I don't know if it was out when I was in high school. So I, I think it was a nineties one because the graphics yeah, were so. really nice. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was definitely for that time period. It was. And so I fell in love with this game. I'm horrible at it. I'm totally horrible. <laughs> I've never been good at it. I just love the concept. I love side scrollers, even if I'm bad at them, but it's out for the switch now. It's kind of a side scroller bullet hell sort of thing. It is. It totally is. And, uh, so there's a demo that you can download to play it. And so I've downloaded the demo and I'm not going to let myself 
buy this game. It's like it's only fifteen bucks, but I'm not gonna buy it if I can't beat it. If I can't like get if you through can't the get demo, through the demo. <laughs> if I can't get through the demo, I'm not getting the game. Cause I mean I'm not I'm just I'm just lying to myself that I'll get any further. Although they do have an infinite lives mode where you can just go forever, right? Like just keep dying and just keep going forward. But that right. that seems like cheating. Back and in yet, back in the nineties it was get to the end. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Although back in the 90s, you could just keep feeding quarters into it, right? So, I mean, that's kind of cheating, except you're paying for it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I did at one point spend $20 on Gauntlet um, on a a Gauntlet game that was not set up to... uh, There was a switch in the Gauntlet games that arcade owners could could toggle, which which would, if it was off... You'd play the game, and the only time you would lose health is if you were hit. But if you turn it on, you would slowly lose health over time, even if you just stood there and did nothing. <laughs> um, so I, I was actually playing, I played a, a, a game of Gauntlet that had, I think it, it was turned off, but, you know, I would die, and and I had had a 20, and I, I'm, I'm still regretful that I spent that much money on, <laughs> on an arcade game that was taking one quarter at a time. And I fed $20 into it over the course of a, like an hour and a half to, or so. Um, and that's when I found out there is no end to gauntlet. It goes, it wraps <laughs> from the last level back to the first level. And I was, I was, I was not happy about that. I was not happy. Indeed. Indeed. So yeah, you know, who needs lunch? Who needs to go to class? Just, <laughs> right, right. just play gauntlet. Yep. I did yep. that I did that with uh with pinball. Pinball was my vice in college, right? Like, oh, go to astronomy or keep playing Indiana Jones. <laughs> I'll say Indiana Jones may have won out more often than it should have, but I still pass astronomy, so it's all good. That's good. That's good. I'm experimenting with my bullet journal. So you've been talking about yours, but I haven't been talking about mine. I'm trying to use a habit tracker to keep track of where I am in my comic book reading, which you would not think that this would be overly complicated, right? Like you just pick up comic books and I have like, I have a stack about, I don't know, a foot tall right now of, of books that I'm working my way through. And, and it's all mostly related to the Dawn of X, which was the relaunch of the big of, of the X-Men. And the problem is, is that they basically just made it this massive intertwined mini series where like mm. you have to read everything in kind of the right order. It doesn't make any sense. And the order isn't predictable. The order so isn't the, chronological the, or, or does it, it's it, not, does it keep jumping between it keeps. So it'll go from like X-Men to Marauders, to new mutants, to fallen angels, to X-Force, which are and all different it books, again with right? Maybe, X-Men, yes, which is a different okay. book. Then it goes to X-Men and then switches it up and says, oh, Excalibur is going to come next. And then we're going to do Fallen Angels. So it's not like you can at least just it, get into a cadence. Yeah, well, at least it tells you what order they're supposed to be in. Yes. So there's a there's a little map at the back of the book that tells you what you should read next, <laughs> what came before, right? Oh, but, my. You know, like, then you have to, like, dig up the book and figure out where, where the hell am I supposed to go next. And then I can't remember which freaking book I read last because... It seems... It, it almost seems like you should open up that... Uh, open up that chart in the back of the book and then like take a half an hour and sort all your books into that order. <laughs> right. So you can just, okay, I finished with this one. It goes on to the red stack and I'll just pick the top one off the to be red stack and go into the next one. That's a totally reasonable solution. I decided <laughs> to make a habit tracker in my bullet journal. <laughs> that works too. <laughs> so I'm coloring in, like I numbered it like 
the one column has one of the columns has like the title of the title of the book and then across the top it has the the numbers and then i'm just basically coloring in when i've completed one and then i have a little thing off to the side this is the book you read last this is the book you should read next got it so i may be in the memory cavern (laughs) right (laughs) alongside you got it because i just i'm just struggling i have the same problem with nights at the dinner table i have a stack of nights at the dinner table comics which is uh, and those are sequential. I shouldn't have this problem, but I keep like just putting all the books together and then forgetting where I left off. Uh oh. <laughs> and then restarting and going, this isn't where I left off. Right. So really, comic this. books are not this complicated, people. Right. I should not be having these problems. I'm a little bit worried. Yep. But I have a system, and it's it's going to get me through it, and I will finally get caught <laughs> up for the uh, X of Swords crossover, which is a 22 part crossover. So. All right. My hell isn't going to end when I get through Dawn of X. No, like, this is no. <laughs> I mean, that's, thank that's, you, Marvel. You have all the money. <laughs> yes, that's. I mean, that's what they. That's they're doing their job correctly. If they're if they're hooking you and keeping you. Yes, and well, and, and I mean, the other thing that I, I actually appreciate as a longtime comic book reader is Marvel has done really obnoxious things like Civil War or um, X-Men versus Avengers where the, you had the central storyline and it spilled out into every single book that they published. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so there's no way you're keeping up with that. So I would only ever read like what I read, which is primarily X-Men and maybe a little bit of Avengers. But the beauty of, of Marvel unlimited is you can now totally go crazy and read all of the stuff. So I actually went through and read like all 120 books that were part of civil war. Yep. I don't know that that was worth my time. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not, (laughs) because there's probably a lot of those are like side stories and by different authors of of, you know, like who may or may not have bought into the idea of wanting to write a Secret Wars story, you know, Um, but we're going to do it and it's going to be kind of crappy. But, uh, you know, I I mean, they're being told to do this by my editors. I have to do this. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And there's some who do good stuff with that. Like they do yeah. something trippy and interesting. And then there are some who are just like clearly just punching the clock. And then meanwhile, you have no idea. Like I'm reading all of these books and I still don't understand how it fits together. <laughs> with, with Dawn of X, at least it is only the X-Men titles. It's not spreading out into the rest of the universe. It So I can stay focused on just these things. But the sequence. Well, see, here's where your bullet journaling thing will actually be better than my method, because Marvel Unlimited does not give you. Uh, well, I, I don't have Marvel and Lewis, so maybe it does, but I don't think it gives you something of like a reading order of like, Hey, I want to read this next. It depends. Okay. So for those who, who don't, I can't remember if we talked about, uh, see the memory, <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the memory chamber of the, uh, layer of secrets is clearly just sucking away all of our mental energy. Right. Not because it's life and we're, you know, in our forties. No, so. totally not. Totally yeah. not. That couldn't be it. But um, Marvel Unlimited is uh, an app and a website where you can read like 15,000 comic books, um, all Marvel, obviously. And so they they have a six month delay behind print, but that's OK, because I'm usually like six months behind in reading my comic books anyway. And so they, it depends. So, so for some things, they'll bundle them together. So actually for Dawn of X, they actually do show you. How did they do that? They didn't. They just had them all in one place, but they didn't do it in sequence. But they did for other things like um, uh, Spider-Verse, I think, okay. Into the Spider-Verse or whatever. They were, the thing that inspired the movie. Right. That they actually put in order, which would be super duper helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just give me 50 books and I'll just burn through them. Right. Because it doesn't take that long to read a comic book. No. No. 
No, it does not. I mean, often you will go back and maybe reread it or, or re, you know, like I would usually read them in a, like two passes. I'd read one is like, let me read the story and kind of look at the art. And then I, then the second pass was more, let me look at all the art as I kind of look at the story as I go through. But yeah, it does not take long to really read a comic book. Yes. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm complaining a little bit, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's just that I just keep having all of these false starts because, you know, I sit down on a Saturday, I read a bunch of books and then I try and read a little bit in the morning or what have you. But, you know, it falls by the wayside because life intervenes. And then, you know, two weeks later, you come back to the stack and go, oh, man, where the heck did I leave off? <laughs> <laughs> so so hopefully gotta, that will help. You got to do what I do. You know, you you uh, you take your phone with you. You start to go for a walk, you pop open Marvel Unlimited, you read a comic book, and then you continue on your walk. But then, well, I, I need to listen to my audiobooks then, or else, you know, oh, shoot, I finally finished. Yeah. <laughs> I fin- finally finished Old Man's Fear, so I'm actually listening to podcasts, so I will have actual things to talk about as far as podcasts are concerned at some point in the future. Got it. And and Old Man's Fear is not short, so that, that right. probably well, took Wise you- Man's Fear, Wise right? Man's Fear. I right. said it wrong. Right, right. Wise Man's Fear. Yes. But is no, it is. That was a long book. Taking a little break from audiobooks. Yeah. I have to <laughs> cleanse my palate. God, God, that was a long book. Yep. And so the last thing I've been doing is watching The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is the latest haunted house miniseries on Netflix. It's the follow up to The Haunting of Hill House. Um, as with the earlier show, the writers have a lot of fun with the timeline and, and how they present things and the order in which they present things. And I think um, the thing I really enjoy about both of these is that it really reinforces the idea, reinforces the idea that like hauntings are as much about lost time as they are about lost souls. I've, I've noticed that in some, some ghost story or haunting stories where um, things will get unstuck in time or there'll be a time travel element to it or, or, or like you said, lost time travel to, uh, element to it, which is, I find interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe a little cheesy in places, but um, I enjoyed it. My, my inner 12-year-old who scared himself silly reading ghost stories is, is very pleased. You know, it's not super yeah. scary, but it's nicely creepy. It's like just that low level. They're doing, the, they, they're doing the jump scares and they're doing like the, all the cheap tricks, but I'm totally bought into it because I spent most of middle school just pouring over through ghost stories and scaring the crap out of myself. So yep. I, I was very much the same. I don't know why... It happened like at that time frame, but like, like, um, you know, ghost stories, not so much like I never got into Stephen King. I don't, I've never actually read a, a Stephen King novel ever, but, uh, but you know, a lot of like Celtic ghost stories or, um, there was a time life series of ghosts and hauntings and stuff like that, that came out at the time. And I would read through that at the library and, and yeah, that was a large portion of where my library time went in middle school. Um, and then I, and then like bookending that was like fantasy before and then fantasy and sci-fi after, you know? So, so it was like right after reading Lord of the Rings, I got into more of the occult slash ghost stories type stuff. Maybe it was because Lord of the Rings were such huge books and ghost stories are usually short stories. Right. Um, maybe it was just a, like a palate cleanser that I didn't really realize I was doing. Um, and then went through that and then back into fantasy and sci-fi. 
So I was very much a like a serial reader when I was a kid. So I would just go into the library and like kind of like work my way through a genre, through a section. And so I think, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it like, you know, here you come into this section. It's a kid's section for sci-fi. I read all of those books. Oh, I'm done with that. What should I read now? Okay, well, I'll read this, you know, what's ghost stories, what's around the corner now. And now, yeah, right. And yep. so now you just keep going and like, boom, just pour through all of, all of those books. So that might've been, yeah, that was, that might've been a similar thing of like, Hey, I just, I just read this really cool ghost story. I wonder what else is in this section. So, right. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons I love Hellboy so much is because that also kind of I channel my inner 12 year old whenever I'm reading Hellboy, because all of those kinds of ghost stories are the ones that I keep up with, which we I think we've talked about in yeah. one of our early, early podcasts. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I enjoy The Haunting of Blind Manor. I'm staying up entirely too late watching it. I think I may have stayed up until like four or three in the morning watching the other day, which wow. is way past my bedtime. Sounds like a good series if you're if you're binging it that much. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the other thing is nobody wants to watch these things with me. I understand My family this. is not is not interested in watching ghost stories. And yeah. so if I'm going to watch them, I'm going to watch them late at night. And if I get hooked on it, like it's just like binging on a Saturday afternoon. It's just that no one wants to to watch my horror stuff. So, yep. Yep. Next thing you know, it's three in the morning and I should probably really be going to bed. <laughs> yep. I can understand that. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I just remembered I, I binged on season three of sword art online um is out on netflix and i just i just binged the whole thing just a couple days ago and i was very upset because the earlier two seasons had a distinct ending like they the whole series could end and it would still be complete this one they had a cliffhanger at the end i'm like no (laughs) why are you doing this so which series is this sword art online it's an anime um, oh, okay. the first one is about, uh, this, this, the, the main kind of antagonist in the series, the, it has created, um, with some help, the, this VR gear that basically completely immerses you. Like when you're in it, you are not aware of the real world at all. You just lay on your bed or sit in your chair with this, this gear on your head. Um, and you, fully believe feel hear smell etc everything in this virtual world but he's built the and he's built this big mmo sword art online um i believe is actually what it is which would make sense because that's the name of the series but you get uh they go into it and uh you know everybody's uh there are some people that are beta testing they think it's really cool buzz gets up you know thousands and thousands of people sign up for it and they all, you know, game, launch day, everybody puts on their stuff. And then they find out that the the antagonist has rigged the nerve gear uh, or not nerve gear, the, the VR gear to that. If the helmet is taken off um, or they are killed in the game or if the, any attempt is made to tamper with the, the headset to get people out it will kill that person. And so for literal months or, or a year or more, all of these thousands of people, these kids and adults, et cetera, are trapped in VR in this game. And what happens at that point, you know, and it's, it's a fantasy game. So they have, you know, they have all sorts of different fantasy battles and boss battles, et cetera. And, one of the thoughts is if they get through to the end of the game, they'll be able to break out. 
you know, so there's a, a concerted effort to try and get to the end and things like that. It's, it's an interesting series. Um, like some anime, uh, you know, it, it delves more into the psychological questions of, of like life or what would people do in a situation like this and, and things like that. So there's, there's a bunch of different, uh, parts of it that I like. Um, and the character development was pretty cool. So, and then there's a season two and then they just had a season three. So I won't, I won't give away anything. Sounds dangerous. I should probably hold off on watching it. <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> At least until I catch up on my sleep. Yes. It's all, it, is, up on it is all on Netflix though. <laughs> <laughs> um, we might actually be in a position, I don't know if this is actually, it's kind of a forced segue, but um, we're getting dangerously close to launching. Yeah, yeah. So Not our own virtual reality system. Yeah, um, that's, that's, yeah, the virtual reality system, that's still in the works. But yeah, uh, all of our, our minions that are working on editing say that the site and uh, the RSS feed and, and all the other stuff should be ready to launch episode one. So, uh, congratulations for all of you hearing this. We've launched episode, we, we will have launched episode one at some point in time in the near future. Talking about jumping around in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we've done a, a lot of that. So you shouldn't be expected. You shouldn't be surprised. Right. There's a lot of time shifts in the uh, layer of secrets. Yeah. Um, we kind of wanted this, that, that is our main topic, uh, is the announcement of, of episode one launching. It's a it's a pretty good episode. It's uh, it, it has us talking about. Let me go back in our notes here. Um, our hex crawl of Game World Second Edition. Um, that was good stuff. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, which I think lasted all of three games for me. <laughs> uh, and uh, and you're kicking off your 10K training program, and then us talking about the different RPGs that we like. Actually, you just now mentioning Hellboy made me realize that it would be really easy to run a Hellboy game using uh, Monster of the Week system. Ooh. And you've just added to my list of games that I would like to play and or run. Thank you very much. <laughs> Here to help. So, uh, yeah. Um, so we, we were going to have a, a short episode today. I'd like to thank you for listening. And if you've got feedback, we love feedback. We still, the minions still haven't put out the email yet for our recording. So you can visit layerofsecrets.com and leave feedback and topic ideas uh, or your own thoughts on what we have talked about and time travel. If you, uh, if you know more about time travel, please let us know. Uh, that way we can get episode one out earlier, maybe even before we have recorded this episode. Thank you. Uh, I am David Moore. And I'm Ken Newquist, and we will be talking to you soon.